open my heart to keep your truth. Let me be a doer of your word and not a hearer only. Let me bring forth much fruit to the praise and glory of God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Speak, Lord. I will listen and obey. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Exodus chapter 3, from verse 1 onwards. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the back of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. We saw also yesterday how Moses, from being in the palace, now he is being in Midian, in a small area. Suddenly, his whole life changed. But he left Egypt because he had faith in God, according to Hebrews chapter 11. And he was a man who associated himself with God and his people. A Hebrew at heart, not only in his body, but at heart, he was a Hebrew, a man of God. And he came to Midian and God gave him a family there. See, no matter where you are, you need to thank God for what you have. No matter where you are, don't look at what you don't have. Look at what you have and be thankful to God and be faithful to God with what God has given to you. Very important. You look at Moses here. Moses was given a wife and children from God. God gave him his wife. God gave him his children in the land of Midian. And God also gave him a flock. Even though it was not his own flock, he had a job. God gave Moses something to train Moses, to test Moses, his faithfulness, whatever God gives to you, wherever you are. Don't compare yourself with the next door neighbor. Don't compare yourself with your colleague. Don't compare yourself with your friend. Don't compare your children with your friend's children. Don't compare yourself with anyone. You know why? Because you're running in your own track. A unique person God has made you to be. And he's given you a unique family. And your plan that God has for you, it's only for you. So there's no way you can compare yourself with anyone else. How can you? See, if you have to compare, then you have to have everything the same. All red. All squares. And everything has to be the same in order for you to compare. If you want to compare, you compare all apples together and the same same type of apples. To see which is good and which is not. You don't compare oranges with apples. You cannot even compare one type of apple to green apple with red apple. And do the test tasting. You can't do that. It has to be exactly the same. Same variety, same name, you know, same type of apples if you want to see which is good. In our walk, not only with God, as a human being itself, there's no such thing as the same type and same variety. No, because God has made each one very unique. So you can't even put yourself in a group. You can't. The path that God has for you is a unique path. God has made you into a unique person. There's no two persons like you. Not even your mom. So it's important for you not to compare yourself with anyone. 
don't compare yourself with anyone. Don't compare your kids with anyone because they are your kids. You cannot compare them with anyone else. Everyone is made in a unique way for a unique cause. You can't compare yourself with the next person because you're made for a unique purpose and they are made for a unique purpose. Everyone has a unique purpose, a unique road, a unique path to fulfill the call of God that God has for each one of us. So don't compare yourself with anyone else because it's a waste of time and it's demonic. It'll drag you down to the depths of hell. It's not going to help you in any way because that lack of confidence and the lack of contentment, you see those two are your big enemies. Lack of confidence and lack of contentment can bring jealousy, can bring pride, can bring anger, can bring depression, can bring anxiety, can bring a whole bunch of stuff. Bottom line, one word we can say, it'll make you into a person who does not have God's peace. That's why people try to do so many things in order to get that contentment somehow. But when you're comparing yourself with someone all the time, how can you be content? You can't. If you have the lack of confidence, how can you really do anything properly? Because you always feel like I can't do this properly or I really have to do it some way that you think has to be. When God has not called you to live in a state of discontentment, in a state of distrust, lack of confidence, is not trusting God who has made you into who you should be. So, understand this and never forget this. You are you. One person made by God for a unique purpose. Every single person has been designed by God for a unique purpose. So, you can't compete with anyone and no one can compete with you. There's no competition in God's kingdom. There's none. So, When God has made you into a unique person and your path is very unique, your eyes should be on Jesus Christ, who's the author and the finisher of your faith. You can see people who are going in front of you, who are running ahead of you on their own track. And you can encourage yourself saying that I can also go that far. That's a good thing. You can have good desire saying that I want to run that speed. That's a good thing. But never compare yourself in a demonic way where you give room for jealousy, give room for envy, give room for discontentment and pride. Moses was a man of God who chose to suffer with the people of God. He left Egypt and he came to Midian. And there in Midian, he was humble enough to take the job that God gave him. Thankful to God for the wife and children that God gave him. And he was content in taking care of his father-in-law's sheep, even though he didn't have his own sheep. That's why God blessed Moses more. Now, as he was faithful in doing what God had called him to, which was taking care of his father-in-law's sheep, God visited Moses. Bible says, whatever you do, do it heartily unto God, not into men, knowing that your reward comes from God Almighty. 
when you know whatever you're doing is for God, unto God, and everything is a sweet offering to God, the Lord God who smells that offering, who receives that offering, will come in return to bless you. God always does that. When an offering really pleases him, he'll come to visit his people. He did for Solomon. He did for Moses. He's done this for many people in the Bible. And he'll do it for you. But we must wait. Moses was someone who was fellowshipping with God. And he knew that God will one day fulfill what he has spoken to him. God will fulfill one day what he has spoken to his parents. God will fulfill one day the plan that he has for his life. And as Moses... Let's read verse 1 again. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the back of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And he is at a certain spot, which is called the mountain of God. While he is there, God is doing something. That means God was watching Moses where Moses was going. And God was waiting till Moses came to the mountain of God. Moses was somewhere else before that. God didn't just go and just poof over there, you know, in some bush over there. No. God was there where in his holy mountain. When Moses came closer to that, when Moses came closer to that mountain, when he drew nearer to God to the mountain of God. Now God is doing something according to his perfect plan. We saw yesterday how when the clock strikes according to God's calendar in that moment where God says, this is my time for divine appointment, divine visitation, my divine appointment with my son or with my daughter, nothing can stop that from happening. We have to be where God is. Moses was where God was. He came to the mountain of God, Horeb, the mountain of God. And when he came to the mountain of God, God visited Moses. You need to do everything you should do to be where God is, to be found doing the will of God, to be in the presence of God. It's important. The angel of the Lord, verse 2 appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a burning bush. God did something to get Moses' attention. Moses came to where God was with his flock. And while he came to that place, God is doing something to get Moses' attention. All of a sudden, this bush is burning and the angel of the Lord is appearing in the middle of that bush. Moses now sees it. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why this bush does not burn. I want to stop right here as the Spirit of the Lord wants me to emphasize this and drive this point deep inside of you. When you come near the mountain of God, when you come to the presence of God, God sees you. Understand this. When you make that effort to come to the house of God on Sunday or come to the meetings like this or be where the Lord is in the morning call, where the Spirit of God is working, God sees away that which is dishonoring that which is carrying the dust and the dirt up everywhere you walked when we come to the presence of God we must come with a a sanctified repentant heart the blood of Jesus should wash us otherwise our worship to God will not be pleasing to God otherwise 
our worship to God will go as a stench to God. We come to the presence of God. We must come with a broken and a contrite heart. We must come to God and say, Lord, let my worship be a sweet aroma to you. I'm not here to see something or to show something. I'm here to see you, Jesus. I'm here to hear from you, Jesus. So God says over here, we're going to finish in a few minutes. God says here, moreover, he said, verse six, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, but he was afraid to look upon God. When he heard the voice of God, it didn't bring fear to him. He heard, he heard the voice of God was a loving call, Moses, Moses. And then God is telling him, take off your sandals. Don't come near with those sandals. Take off your sandals because God of Moses, God of Abraham, God of Isaac is here. So the fear of the Lord came. That's the healthy fear. But we all should have, when we enter into the presence of God, we all should have that fear of God. We come to the house of God, healthy fear, a love for God, and a healthy fear that I am in the presence of the almighty God. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He's in our midst. Even now, he's in our midst. Where you are, he's right there. We have that reverence for the almighty God. Say, Lord, you're my God. And God speaks to us. He shows us of his holiness. And we see ourselves in the light of his holiness. And we must have that reverence that we need to have from God, that healthy reverence. We need to have the spirit of God do the work of sanctification. Verse 7, and I'm going to stop with verse 7 today as the Holy Spirit wants me to. Let's read it. Exodus 3 verse 7. The Lord said, I have truly seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt. I have heard their cry because of their taskmasters. For I know their sorrows. God said this, I've surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt. That means he saw those who oppressed his people. He was seeing it. He had planned a way out for them. And God has come to execute that. God has seen whatever you've been going through. All these years. God has seen whatever you've been going through. Just like how he saw. The oppressor oppressing his people. These were his people. No oppressor can oppress God's people without getting God's permission. Remember that. If God has allowed it, that means God is going to use that confinement to make it into a platform of elevation. God, who has seen the end from the beginning, has seen your oppressor. He has seen your oppression. This is the word of God for you. The very God who saw the oppression of his people and the oppressors who oppressed his people has seen your oppression, has seen your sorrow, has seen your pain, has seen your oppressor and your oppression. I heard it because of their taskmasters. For I know their sorrow. He knows your sorrow. He knows what you've been holding on in your heart. He knows your pain. 
He knows what you're carrying. He knows your burden. God knows what you're going through. Knowing what you're going through, knowing what you've been going through, he has come to turn your confinement into a platform for elevation. So that not only will he be set free, but you, multitudes, can be blessed. God saw the sorrows. God saw the oppression. God saw the pain. God saw the grief. God saw the oppressor oppressing his people. All allowed by God. Because God had something prepared for them. Far greater. What was it? Canaan. Their own land. Houses that were not built by their hands. Now they're building Pharaoh's mansions. But they're going to inherit homes that they never built. Somebody else would have built it. Vineyards that they never planted. Somebody else would have done that for them. God was going to take them from Egypt and he's going to transport them and transplant them into a place of flowing milk and honey. A land flowing with milk and honey. Elevation. From oppression to elevation. Why? Because he's seen your confinement. He's seen your burden. He's seen what you've been bearing. He's seen your tears. He's seen your sorrows. The Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, who saw the oppression of his people, who saw their confinement, had a time, a definite time marked in his calendar to turn that confinement into a platform for elevation. So that not only will their confinement be removed, but they will become blessings in the places of elevation. God is speaking to a heart today. Whatever you may be going through, whatever a dark tunnel it may appear to be. A lot of times people say there's light at the end of the tunnel. For God's people, there's not just light. There's glory. There's glory. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, nor hath it occurred into the hearts of men what God has prepared for those who love him. It was a long time. This oppression was a long time. Joseph was in his confinement for a long time. Moses was in his confinement in the wilderness for a long time. The children of Israel were oppressed by Pharaoh and his people for a long time. But it was not. Not an indefinite oppression. It was not an indefinite oppression. Because the Lord God had an end day marked in his calendar. Not just say, well, this oppression has come to an end. Now you stay where you are. No. The very place where we've been humiliated. In the very place where we've been oppressed. In the very place where the enemy said, that's it for you. No more. God says, in that very place. I'm going to do something glorious. That same place is going to become a place, a platform for elevation, a transition. Something is going to take place 
where you're standing now. It's a place of oppression where you're being, where you're being oppressed. It's a place of oppression. It's a place of confinement. But suddenly this is going to lift you up. It's going to become a platform of elevation. It's going to lift you up, lift you up into where God wants you to be. All of a sudden, all of a sudden for Joseph to the palace, for Moses to becoming the leader of the people of God, receiving the anointing of God. For the people of Israel, it was Canaan. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, God has seen your tears. He's heard your cry. He's come to rescue you. Will you listen? Will you hear him? Will you take away your sandals and draw near to him so he can turn you into a blessing and place you in the place of elevation where you can bless many people who are in their own confinement to become that agent of blessing who turn the morning of multitudes into dancing. That through you, many people's sackcloth can be removed. Yes, God is speaking to us today. We may be mourning. We may be having sackcloth. We may be in a, con- in a place of confinement. But God says, not only will I change your place of confinement, Not only will I replace your sackcloth with my garment of praise. Not only will I replace your mourning with dancing. But I will place you in the place of elevation where you will in turn become a person. An agent of God. Will turn the mourning of multitudes into dancing. Will replace the sackcloth of multitudes with the garment of praise will turn the confinement of many people into a platform of elevation by teaching them how to obey God by trusting in him during their own confinement. Shall we close our eyes and look to the Lord? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise you, Father. Praise you, Father. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. From one generation to the other, we shall sing forth your praises. We shall shout out your fame. Hallelujah. We shall shout out to the nations that our God reigns. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Our God is a God who sees and he feels and he cares and he comes to our rescue. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Father. May look like it's taken a long time. There is this glory coming, which will cause us to forget our sorrow. When God does something radical in our lives, when God removes that confinement, moves us into that place of elevation, 
Our sorrow is turned to joy. We no longer remember that sorrow. Hallelujah. We no longer remember that sorrow. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Joseph no more remembered his sorrow. Moses no more remembered his sorrow. The children of Israel no more remembered their sorrow. They didn't even remember how it was in Egypt when they were in the wilderness. They even forgot about it to the point that they started complaining about where they were. That's the healing that God will do for us. We shouldn't become people who complain though. When God heals us and he causes us to forget our sorrow, we should be forever grateful evermore. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. This is the genuine working of the Holy Spirit. Genuine working of God Almighty. The lives of all those who will be faithful to God in their place of confinement. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord, for your word that you've given to us this month of April and beyond. You're doing something, Father. You're doing something in our lives, Lord. You're doing something in our lives, oh, Lord. We know that you're doing something in our lives, oh Lord. Hallelujah. We praise you. 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 Hallelujah. So we thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In our confinement, we choose to praise you. In our confinement, we choose to be faithful to you. In our confinement, we choose to keep our eyes on you. In our confinement, we choose to serve you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Knowing that our confinement will be turned into a platform for our elevation. So we can go to where you want us to. Be prepared by God Almighty for what you have for us. So that we can become blessings, healing agents of God Almighty. And to touch the lives of multitudes. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, that their mourning can be turned into dancing. That their sackcloth can be turned into garment of praise. That their confinement can be turned into platforms of elevation. Hallelujah. That the whole world can see who our God is. Hallelujah. This is our God. Hallelujah. This is our God, hallelujah, who turns our mourning into dancing. This is our God who puts away our sackcloth. This is our God, hallelujah. It turns our confinement into places of elevation so that the world can see our God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Thank you, Lord, for all that you've done this far. Thank you for this word that you have spoken over the lives of your people. May they take it and may they live by it. I thank you, Lord. I bless them with his blessing that you alone can bless them with. Standing in the presence of God, before the throne of God, according to the power and authority given to me by the Almighty God, I bless your people with this blessing, that they may draw nigh to you, that they may give you the glory that is due to you, 
they may have total faith in you and be faithful to you in their places of confinement, fully knowing that you will turn their confinement into platforms for elevation, that you're working in them and you're working for them to make them into agents of blessings that will turn the morning into dancing for multitudes, that you'll make them into agents of blessings so that many, many, many people's tears will be wiped away and replaced with tears of joy. And thank you for doing this. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Thank you for your mercies, Lord. Thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, for strengthening us. Thank you, Lord, for cleansing us, speaking to us, Lord, of all the blessings you have in store for those who are serious by drawing nigh into you, Lord, and doing your will. We praise and thank you. Thank you, Lord, for this fasting prayer week. We thank you, Lord, that you have something new and something glorious for each one of us, something special, Lord, through this different confinements that all of us have in one way or another, Lord. We're going through something that needs to be changed to give us liberty. You promised to do gloriously for those who look to you and wait on you. We thank you for helping us to understand the preparation necessary to be used by you, Lord, that we can be that blessing. Thank you, Jesus. Give us, Lord, understanding, the wisdom, the skill, in everything you call us to do, to be humble, to be faithful. Thank you that we heard that we don't need to be like other people. We don't need to imitate anyone, Lord. You made each one of us unique for a unique purpose, a glorious purpose. It's really true. And help our eyes to be on Jesus Christ so we can fulfill that purpose. We thank you and praise you for the miracles that you've done, the miracles that are happening right now, the miracles that are going to happen, Lord, glorify you in Jesus' precious name. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Lord, make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Amen. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, may the love of God the Father, and the sweet fellowship of his Holy Spirit, Rest and remain with us all now and until we see Jesus face to face. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. God bless everyone. Um, So, God bless everyone. As uh, you say bye, just know that I'm also 